Welcome to Carver Conversations, a saber-tooth podcast. I'm your host, Tiff Marchand from Night Carver Designs, and I am super excited to have Blake McFarlane from BM Sculptures on the show today. I got to meet him recently at WorkbenchCon, and I really fell in love with all the work that he makes, so I was very excited to get him on here today. I just want to let you guys know that we appreciate you listening and we have a special show code for you, EM2CO in all caps, it'll get you 10% off your purchase. All right, now on to the show. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining us. I kind of just like uh, did a little stalking on you because I like (laughs) to have things fresh in my head. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm pumped. Um, ever like I told you, ever since I saw, I believe you were working on the whale uh, mm-hmm. during a workbench con. I'm like, I gotta talk to him. I want to <laughs> hang out with him. I'm like, his work is just too cool not to. So, well, thank you so much. I remember um, I was storing it in the room that you guys yes. were in. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm like, can I store my whale in your room? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's like the best way to meet somebody. Like with like like that kind of a question, you know, like. Yeah. Well, I um I saw you had an interview on your YouTube page, which was really good, by the way. It was like a four and a half minute one, but it's a nice little kind of like re- recap on your life. Of thank you. Oh, the one from like a while ago. A while uh, ago, like three. Okay, years yeah, ago. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I like that though, because it was like a nice. I love seeing like a time in somebody's life. You know, like you were like, I'm gonna do both. I can handle both of you know, like baseball <laughs> career and being an artist. But like. The yeah. juggle, the hustle. I love, I love seeing that because that's how yeah. a lot of us are. We all like, you have your day job, but then mm-hmm. you get bitten by this passion, and it it takes over. Like I'm assuming that's what it's done to your life. For sure, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, yeah. I mean, baseball was everything, and then uh, can't can't go playing baseball forever. So yep, no. Um, yeah. Art kind of took over once that was over, for sure. That's cool, and like just the medium that you, you know, you started off with it. I saw that it was like painting, which I mean, it's like the easiest gateway drug, right? Like, <laughs> cause you, it's yeah. you, just some brushes, a board and you're ready to go, you know? Yeah, for sure. There was like a, a painting in my, in my house growing up that was just brutal. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I walked by this painting every single day. It was this koi fish and it was like one of those abstract koi fish paintings that to me, it looked like a, you know, a five-year-old could have done in two minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was in this nice frame, just never thought anything of it. And then one day I just walked by, I'm like, mom, this painting sucks. Why do you have this framed in the house? <laughs> and so I went out and got my first set of acrylics and I did a painting and uh, just fell in love with it from then on. And uh, spent my first two or three um, off seasons during my baseball career painting and selling paintings for for my off-season job so that's kind of how I got into art initially what were you painting like just like scenery or scenery a lot of ocean scenes Um, I I lived you know 30 minutes away from Santa Cruz and just love everything about the ocean I'm a big surfer and free diver and spear fisherman so a lot of just ocean scenery and waves and beaches and things like that yeah, that's cool. 
would you uh would you lead into next thanks i know you got eventually like to tire art but like how'd you get from painting to that <laughs> it's, it's a, quite a jump yeah it's like a big <laughs> jump <laughs> quite a jump yeah. yeah um so you know I, I was selling paintings and and painting on surfboards for my first three or uh, actually it was my first two off seasons of of my baseball career and it was the third year where i kind of realized hey if if baseball took a took a hit mm -hmm. um you know, I wouldn't be able to sustain myself selling paintings. So I need to really think outside the box yeah. here and go way off the grid. And that's where I kind of stumbled upon um, tires and sculpture is something that I wanted to get into for a long time. I've always loved just making things and carving mm -hmm. things. Um, so I always knew that that when I had more time, sculptures are kind of where I wanted to get into. That's cool. Um, but anyways, tires. Yeah, I just saw there was a playground with a dragon serpent thing made out of these big tractor tires. Oh, and from cool. there, it kind of sparked my interest. Hey, these tires are just everywhere on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. I can just pick them up and see if I can make something with this. And long story short, I spent probably four or five months trying to figure out how to work with these tires and not knowing that all car tires are steel reinforced and impossible to cut through. Oh, um, so, I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent so many, so, so many hours trying to cut through these steel car tires and just, it, it's not happening. So, um, I found bicycle tires. That's what I do all my tire okay. sculptures out of They're bicycle tires. Um, yeah. And I spent, you know, three or four months trying to figure out how to do this. And I, built this little bobcat and looking back at it now it was absolutely terrible but i uh i made flyers and i didn't know how to get into the art world or art galleries so i mm -hmm. made flyers of this little tire bobcat <laughs> and i put it underneath the door of art galleries there you go um, and i was lucky enough to get a call back like six months later and this uh gallery actually run by vernon davis who was a 49er back then he was a tight end for the 49ers since he's played with a lot of other teams, but he owned uh, an art gallery there and he took it on and he actually bought that very first uh, Bobcat. And then he ended up taking on like three more sculptures on onto his gallery. And that's kind of how the whole tire sculptor um, sculpting career started. And it was with Vernon and his little gallery. I really like that though. Cause like to see another athlete who has those same passions as you, like they really love sports, but there's also that passion to create. So yeah, and really he was neat. very much like that as well. I mean, he was a, a a list athlete and he also ran this gallery and he's a painter as well. So it was pretty cool. Um, again, yeah, having yeah. another athlete in, into the art world. It was really cool. Yeah, that's a nice like entry to it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Three dimensional, like it's just it's just so fun. Like I'm I totally want to get into sculpture more too and and make more three dimensional art just to be able to walk around something and constantly see something new. Like mm -hmm. it's gotta be a lot of fun to create that for people. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much do it. You just need the other side of yeah. it. I mean, you, you do <laughs> <Flip> it over. <laughs> a, yeah. A relief is basically yes. a three-dimensional thing. For if sure. You just fill out the backside. So yeah, you'd be great at it. I'd love yeah. to see what you can create. Sabretooth hooked me up with a ton of one eighth inch burrs. So watch out world because nice. it's coming. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but um that's I think that's really neat though just making that that leap and, and like getting to that next level so did you work with like first of all bike tires is a super smart solution 
to that issue. <laughs> when you were telling that story, I was sitting there. I'm like, how do you cut a real like car tire? Like, it's not, it's yeah. not happening. They're so thick. That's why you just see people just like wrap rope around them. And so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, right? how can I refashion this form? Because the form is not going to change, but I can add to it. Yeah, I, I threw every tool I had at that car tire and nothing works because you can cut through steel, right? With like mm-hmm. metal bits. But what you don't account for is the thick rubber. That rubble, rubber will end up burning and then it won't cut. So it's it's like, it's not only the steel, it's the rubber surrounding yeah. the steel that I just could not cut through it. But it sparked the idea. Yeah, for sure. You for know, sure. it got you yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So how, how did, like, how many years were you doing that for before you got on the show making it? Cause like, I'm kind of curious how that led you there. Oh, making it was recent. Making it was, uh, two years ago now. Um, so kind of, so I played baseball for, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays organization for eight years. Um, I retired in 2017 due to a shoulder injury. Um, so since then it's been full time and I think it was, I'm trying to remember when making it was now that was two years ago. It must've been two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was two years ago. Um, and how that kind of happened is I just got a random DM on Instagram from a, (laughs) from a casting director and they said, Hey, you should, you should, uh, apply to this show. (laughs) Um, so from there I I just kind of like binge watched it and I'm like, Oh, this show's really cool. I definitely want to apply to this and try and be on this. So that's kind of how I, I got on that. Um, and it was just kind of a long process to actually get on it. I mean, there was so many, there was probably like five or six one hour interviews just to was like there? make it to the, uh, the next round. It was crazy. I mean, it was like a full time. I get really uh, curious on that. Cause I've gotten those DMS before. Uh, okay. It's a long road just to get there. And it's like, almost like, is it worth it? Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> like, at the point I've done this so many up to now, like I might as well go through it, but mm-hmm. uh, making it was such a, a fun experience. And obviously Jimmy got to see Jimmy and then Nick yeah. and Amy and all the other contestants. It really made it worth it. It was a blast um, just to be there and see how everything works and, and meet everyone and all the other makers. So it was, a really, really cool experience. Yeah, that was a, but that's where, I mean, that's where I first saw you. Um, and then obviously I followed your page from there. So it must have helped at least give you a nice exposure to people so they can to see the other, you know, the artists instead of just knowing you as the baseball player. Definitely. And that's kind of some, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't want to say I struggle with it, but it is always weird when someone or people just put you in a box, like mm-hmm. he's, just the baseball player mm-hmm. or he's just the artist like I want to exactly. be Both. multiple things why yeah. can't we all just be multiple things like there's no mm-hmm. box that we should be able to be put into you know yeah exactly I mean so many of us do so many different things it is like the whole niche down thing that we all get that <laughs> pressure to do and it's like well no like I want to work with tires but then now I want to work with epoxy and wood like yeah things change for sure yeah how did you um, make that next leap to different materials? Like, cause I see you kind of like have like your periods where you stay in things and then <laughs> it's like, well, well, let me try this next. It's all just me getting bored. I think yeah. <laughs> I, get, I literally just get bored doing the same thing or the mm. same material. And that's kind of how all of this happened so far. Um, like painting. I mean, get a little bored doing painting and then I try and go into the tire sculpture. And then once I, 
um, only do tire sculptures and I'm known as the tire guy. Like, yeah. I don't want to be just that guy. <laughs> yep. And that's when I kind of got more into woodworking. And I've always been fascinated with epoxy. I used to do a lot of uh, restorations and I used to make kind of intricate wood and epoxy handles. So that's oh, okay. kind of my um, initial learning experience with an epoxy. Um, and then from there, I kind of just jump started like, hey, what if I actually do full carvings out of epoxy and wood? And that's kind of what's been my my sole thing in the past, uh, I guess, year to two years is this these wooden epoxy sculptures. And I'm super excited about them. Um, and just really, it makes me happy just being able to carve this material and uh, something that I haven't seen out there before. And it's just uh, pretty cool that that I get to do it. Yeah, and it, it, it's it is it's and it's a uh, like you said it's something new, and I like how you angle each one of your boards. Like when you're building the inside of it, like you don't just have like square blocks in there. No, like there's no. there's different shapes and avenues for the eye to look at. Like when they're staring at your final pieces. Plus, you I got think, to play with new tools. Yeah, right. I think one of the the coolest things for me is like, I have the big block that I spent so much time on of mm -hmm. the epoxy and wood, but you really don't know what's going to show once you do the carving. Right. So it's, it's like opening up a present when you get to like polish it and sand it and actually see what wood is mm -hmm. showing on the outside and through the epoxy. So it's like, it's just my favorite part of every sculpture is just not knowing what the inside is going to look like until the For very sure. end it's it's pretty rewarding to see at the very end yeah right because epoxy is so opaque when when you don't have that final coating on so it, it stays a mystery for you for quite a while <laughs> oh up until the very end yeah i don't know what it looks like until literally the polish is on it <laughs> there's no cheating you don't just water splash it <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. You, you caught me. You caught me. I'd be over there with a spritz bottle like. Ooh. Right. You have to get a little peek. Yeah. There's a little peek. In yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How like, what did you start with for tools? I'm curious. Like, like, I know you, you know, you've got into probably just about every different brand of tool to carve these, but what did you start with to, to start attacking these? The majority of my carvings are all the angle grinder. Um, and that's favorite. kind of what I started is just bulking out the material with the super low grit uh, discs. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I've recently been using the saber tooth. I don't know what the grit is, but it's like just the super aggressive donut. And that thing just hogs out oh, material. Yeah. So um, I'd say the, the bulk of these sculptures is all with that. Um, and then a chainsaw and a chainsaw I'm kind of starting to fall in love with is just mm. these chainsaws. And I just finally got, um, the bar of the chainsaw. You could actually get special carving ones, which mm -hmm. I didn't know until recently. So I just got one that's kind of precise and it's, it's a lot thinner at the tip. So I could really get in there with details. Yeah. I haven't used it yet, but I'm super excited. And yeah, I just, I just love using the chainsaw now as well, because you take just this block and you can cut off such big chunks and you start to see the shape just in a matter of Immediately, minutes. Immediately. Yeah. Really, really fun. For sure. 
I definitely want to start playing with chainsaws myself. It's, but yeah, whenever fun. I see somebody bust them out, I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. You should try. That's cool. Um, I, I'm also uh, a big fan of the angle grinders myself because of the same thing. It takes off a lot of material very quickly. Mm -hmm. And you get to see that reveal almost immediately. Not as fast as a chainsaw, but yeah. uh, but it is nice to kind of work in there. What is your favorite shape when it comes to like the actual hand tools that you use? Like, do you use a lot of smaller burrs or is it mostly just bigger things? So I'll go kind of the progression. I'll do the chainsaw. Then it'll go to the angle grinder to get more bulk material. And then I'll go to the die grinder. I say I do probably more die grinding and um, for those listening who don't know, die grinder is just a really big rotary, rotary tool. tool. It's uh, a quarter of an inch, whereas a normal like Dremel or rotary tool is an eighth of an inch, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, so I'll go to that and then I'll, I'll finish and do all the smaller details with the, the eighth inch. So, um, for those burrs, I'll, I'll honestly use every, almost every right? single one. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you need burrs with all these different shapes in order to make these different shapes, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I use one that I don't even know what you would call it. It's, it's like a long barrel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I use that one a lot because I have to get, like, if you're thinking of like a, an animal with legs, you have to get really deep inside yeah. or in between spaces. So the longer the shank or the burr is, I think the, the better for me, because I could get into these hard to reach places. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're called ball nose. I'm, I'm just ball learning nose. all this. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the ball you... nose I'm starting to fall in love with a ton too, even, and they make those really thin ones too. So like you can, I was actually writing with it the other day That's because awesome. it had so much control. I was like, Oh, I can actually just like draw a straight <laughs> line. And I'm like, Hmm, like I just, I'm just starting to get used to the the one eighth inchers like mm -hmm. before I was like just like all wheel because I was just doing the the sides of my signs and I was mm -hmm. doing like divots inside but now that I'm trying to go more three-dimensional it's like all right now I gotta start playing with the smaller ones I still haven't yeah. tried a die grinder but everybody seems to fall in love with them like it's just, yeah it's just a bigger uh dremel tool or rotary yeah. tool um but again, with that, it is bigger and bulkier and heavier. But if you're mm -hmm. doing a large piece, it makes sense to, to use something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you want to do the finer details and you want a lighter tool. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's I think that's why everybody falls in love with carving, though, is because you get to use so many tools at once. Like, it's yeah. not just like one thing. It's like, and now it's time for this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's, and they have all the different grits. So like you could feather things out, um, and, and have to sand less at the end, mm -hmm. which is nice as well. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Like slowly get that to minimal sand. Yeah. That's, yeah. um, Jody at Sabretooth. Um, I'm, I don't, you've talked to her a little bit, I believe, but mm -hmm. she's the one who came up with the whisper grit and just the white ones. It's the white ones yeah. that they're extra fine because, people were complaining about having to sand a lot. And she goes, well, let's see what we can do. And those things, the control that you get off of them is so exciting to me because I know, you know, the jumping, if, we're, if you're using a really coarse burr, yeah, it can be scary and you don't want to make a line that you didn't intend to make on, you know, on your right. piece. So having those, I've been really falling in love with them because like they take off so much material. So 
I'm gonna have to try one. I haven't tried one yet. Oh, so yeah. I need to. Yeah, try whatever the- gets it to less sanding, I'm mm-hmm. all about. Yeah, that's as fine as they could go. So it should be it should be nice. If, if she sent you some of those, try try the white ones. You'll love it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I like cool. that they color code them. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Like, you may not know the grit, but you're like the yellow. I yeah, use yeah, the yeah. yellow on this, and <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's yeah. at. Right. <laughs> so. So uh, a little bit about you, like, where are you? Where are you looking? I'm in uh, Clovis, California, basically central California. Okay. Um, my wife and family, I have a three-year-old and a seven-month-year-old boy. Oh, okay. uh, Daughter is the three-year-old. So they kind of run our lives right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're here. My wife's um, a physician doing her first year of fellowship. So we're here for okay. another two years. And then we'll probably move back to the Bay Area, um, pending what the housing market is like. Mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Central California for now. That's cool. It makes sense then why you do a lot of like outdoor art installations. Like I've seen quite a few come out of your shop recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are neat. Like, um, was there one with feathers? I think. Yeah, was yeah, it yeah. Metal, metal feathers. Yeah, metal feathers um, with recycled tires as well. Yes. So yeah. you weld. Then I as do well. well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I started out with my tire sculptures, the tire sculptures are really two sculptures in one. There's the infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, and that I'll do a welded up um, armature, and then I'll do a foam carving, and then it'll be fiberglassed, and then it'll be put. The tires will be put on. So it's kind end. of like two sculptures in one. It's the whole foam carving, and then the tire application. Foam carving looks a lot of fun, very messy looking. Like <laughs> you would love it. Fun. it yeah, mean, I was gonna say it looks a lot of like, fun. <laughs> you can make something so quick and you get to use more tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have the um <laughs> they have the why am I blanking right now? The heat, what's it called? The hot knives and the hot oh, wires. Yes that just slice Slice off material and it's so fun to work with, but a little bit, you need some ventilation or, or you might come out wobbling. A little, little toxic smelling. Toxic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you follow Andrew from AG does it. He's in California as well. And he's been doing more and more sculptures with foam and I see him with that hot wire and it's amazing what you can get done and how quick it is. Like you said, how how fast the results are like, yeah insane yeah nothing beats it. i mean you could do a full like life-size sculpture in a couple days yeah. um it's yeah it's it's pretty cool that's neat do you and you just spray the foam on or do you actually order like big foam sheets and stuff how does that so work? um i used to actually pour my own foam okay. uh, that is just a mess so <laughs> now i'll now i'll go get pink insulation foam you could use okay. eps which is the white beaded foam mm-hmm. i actually like the pink foam more because it's uh, a lot more dense and and just a little more hardy um, and then i'll just laminate sheets together so they come in four by eight sheets by okay. two inches and i'll have to if i do like a life-size sculpture i'll have to just laminate like 10 of those or 20 of those together and then do the carving from there you know i want to play now right i'm like yeah it's i can do that (laughs) yeah no it's awesome you would love it yeah i'm like halloween's coming Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) a lot of make a lot of halloween decorations are that foam actually one of the girls on the show making it is like solely a foam carver and she does tons of 
of Halloween stuff, all foam. And it's, uh, she does really amazing work. All right. I'm going to have to look her up later. That sounds Kara awesome. Walker. Kara Walker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When I'm editing, I'm going to be like writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, who inspires you out there? I'm curious. You have somebody that just, you truly just love what they do and kind of want to emulate that. Yeah. So when I first, actually, before I started YouTube, I was just blown away by Bobby Dukes. Do you know? Bobby oh, Duke? yes. Yeah. Yes. Blown away by his work. And mm -hmm. I actually modeled like my first five or six YouTube videos kind of off him, like trying to not copying him, obviously, or, or doing anything like him, but just his video style and just the details he puts into his sculptures. So mm -hmm. he is really uh, one of my biggest inspirations early on. Um, and then from there, it's just, I, I watch so many different carvers and woodworkers and learn from everybody across mm. YouTube. Um, there's, uh, I'm, tr I'm blanking on his name, Snickets. Ooh, you know. might know him. He carves these walking sticks. Amazing. Oh. A lot of snake, like a lot of like oh. super realistic snake walking sticks. Okay. He's amazing carver. Absolutely amazing. But you, I mean, YouTube is a magical place. I mean, I've learned literally everything I know in the carving and woodworking world mm -hmm. off watching other people and learning off other people. So it's a very cool tool to use. I agree. It's uh, one of those things that uh, kind of eliminates the barrier to entry. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're not just seeing a tool and having no clue how to use it. You're watching somebody in real, well, not maybe not real time, but you get to watch somebody using those tools and learn from what their techniques, how they proceeded to build something, you know, like you can just learn so much just by observing. So for sure. Yeah. I agree. And all of like, uh, like Jimmy's, uh, Duresta, Jimmy Duresta, if you don't mm -hmm. know who we're talking about Jimmy Duresta, all his like tips and tricks videos. I absolutely love yeah. I use so many of his little tricks. I, uh, I was the same way, by the way, with Bobby Dukes inspiring me. He was, he's somebody who was on the top of my list to just seeing him show his personality, first of all, which is hilarious. Mm, yeah. But then also he's making these like knockout little sculptures and you're just like, Oh, shoot, this is yeah. cool. Like, I didn't know you could carve that rock and turn it into this, you know, like, right. Like mind blowing. Used, yeah. Different, a lot of different materials he uses and mm -hmm. kind of shows you all these things. Like one of my favorites is he carves an eight ball. Yes. Like yes. the billiards ball. Like mm -hmm. it's so cool. Who would have thought you can carve that? Yeah. Yep. He pushes those boundaries, but I feel like you do that too, though. Like showing people with what you can do with foam and fiberglass and tires, like, somebody not might not have tried that before. And, you know, I'm sure people have been trying that style. I'm sure you mm -hmm. see that pop up now and it must feel kind of cool to say like, I inspired that, or I might've had some part of that, you know? Yeah. It's definitely cool. If, if someone like reaches out and say, Hey, check this out. I, I was inspired. I mean, that just makes my day. I love seeing it and, and hope other people get inspired and, and can also, or also want to do something like that. It just, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's neat. Um, when I see somebody try power carving for the first time, then they tag me. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Thank Makes you. Your day. Yeah, yeah, it does. You just yeah. sit there and you just like get that cheesy smile on your face. And I usually do tell them that too. I'm like, thank you for the grin. <laughs> like, because <laughs> awesome. it is, it's, it's cool to see others like we did. We watched somebody 
you got that, you got to get hooked. Like that could be a lot of fun. And then now they're out there and they're doing it and, and they're enjoying themselves. Cause honestly, art's about being enjoyed, like enjoy looking at it, but also enjoy making it for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. So what is like your, your dream job? Like, is there something that you really, really want to make and you hope somebody commissions from you? Like, I'm curious. Um, it's so, it's tough. Um, I think one of my dream sculptures would be like a big public, mm. uh, a public sculpture, like a, um, I don't know if it, it's different in every state, but there's, there's like a percentage of funds. If you build a new building in a public space, okay. there's a percentage of funds that has to go to art. Um, in California, like the, I think it's like two or 3% of the building, uh, or the funds have to go to art. Anyways, there's, there's no, that's cool art. to know. I didn't know that. Let's just say there's like a roundabout or a new building being built. Um, they will kind of give you what they're looking for. And then you have to do submissions, um, and, and letters of statement. I mean, you have to do a lot of work just to, just to get seen. And I haven't got one yet, but that is a dream to get one of these big public offerings. Um, and with that being said, I do have one that I'm really excited about. I have a life-size bison sculpture that's going to be wow. at a zoo in Wisconsin. I'm going to start that in about a month or so. So it's going to be a tire sculpture, okay. uh, like 10 and a no, it's going to be 12 feet long, eight feet tall, big old bison that's out of awesome. tires. And I'm really excited for that. And that'll be displayed in, inside a zoo in Wisconsin. So that's uh, uh, one that I'm really looking forward to as well. See, those are the really cool jobs to get because then you can like just spend some time, you know, traveling to see these afterwards. Like, let me right? just in five years, like, let me just check on that bison, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, guess I know I sure would. It's 100%. It's always a fear. Yeah. Like, is it mm -hmm. still going to be standing? Uh, what about that one leg that I did this weird thing yeah. to? Is that going to be okay? <laughs> that's a, that's a really cool job. Um, are you going to, where do you work out of that? Is it at a home or do you have your own shop somewhere? Yeah, I work out of, uh, I have a two car garage and then like an RV port. We're actually moving in like a week oh. or two weeks though. So I'm going to be upgrading to a four car garage and an RV oh. port, which will be nice. Um, awesome. basically double my space, which would be really nice, but still it's going to be tough to get, uh, an eight foot by 12 foot that's, bison yeah. out of there. <laughs> well, that's but, I was curious. Like, how is he going to get this thing accomplished? Yeah, I, I was, I may have to just rent a warehouse for the bison, but I think if there's enough people to like tip him on its side, we could get him out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> just uh, measure that garage door. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for sure. We have clearance to build it, but can we get it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's something I've ran into that problem before is I've built something in the garage, not thinking about the height of the garage door. <laughs> and I've had to like shave it off or like tip it at a really weird angle. Um, it's a real yeah, concern. Always, always think of doors and shipping. You have mm. to think something that a lot of people don't think of is, is actually like, what is the maximum size you could put in a semi-truck? Um, yeah. There's all size limits for everything. Um, and now I, I kind of know that a little better than I did before. I guess you have to, you have to run into those situations to learn, right? For sure. Cause nobody yeah. hands that information out. I mean, you just gave somebody a nice snippet to think about, you know, <laughs> Yeah. I, I have been seeing a lot of wood carvers, um, shipping things off to like say museums or zoos. Mm. Like 
it's really neat. I think, I don't know if you've seen Ryan Villiers, he just did a bison, but it was kind of with a cartoon ish face and it's adorable. I'll have to send it to you after this, but it's like, it's like realistic, but also cartoon at the same time. So it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's in a children's museum now. I'm like, awesome. But I thought my thoughts was, how did he get that thing there? How much did that (laughs) thing cost to get shipped there? Because it's amazing. Solid wood? Is it wood? It's wood. Yeah. Big? Is it like life size? I think so. I'm gonna send it to you afterwards. You're gonna have to look at it. I really want to see this. And he's in Canada. He's in like uh, I think he's in Alberta, which is pretty rural. So (laughs) just imagining like having to get that transported to wherever it went. Yeah, that's that's pricey right um how do you book things like are do you have people coming to you steadily or do you actually like pitch ideas too i guess when it comes to like those buildings and you're saying like having to go on a website and pitch your idea there but how does your work normally get to you yeah um normally it it it's changed over the past two years but previously it was almost all through my website um just a lot of marketing companies like searching for, uh, I guess, random sculptures, sculptures to enhance their events. And that's how I've been um, lucky enough to work with Goodyear for the past like six years. Um, those are just marketing companies kind of coming to my website for different events and things like that. And then also mixed in there are some, a couple of like private residents that just want sculptures. But as of recently, it, it's almost all been off YouTube. Like people that see oh, the videos awesome. on YouTube, then they'll reach out and say, hey, I want this. Can you do this? Um, so it's really changed in the past two years where it was a little bit slower um, and more just Google search, I guess. And they yep. found me and now it's just more YouTube where they're coming in. And, and honestly, it's almost all the wood and epoxy sculptures now um, that's coming in. But, um, you know, I'm super fortunate to be able to, to uh, book these clients in advance and, and have them um, on the schedule and, and it keeps me really busy. So it's fun. That's great. No, that's awesome. And just to know that you could provide for yourself and in a way like that, you know, like from you've kind of done that your whole life, you know, you made money off of playing baseball at first, and then now you're doing it after making art like it's got to be a good feeling to know people want to pay you to be out there either, you know, performing for them or creating something like it's nice to have that support. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. And um, I, I get to do a dream job. So I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's it's so much fun and so rewarding. How are you liking the the maker community? Like I know you went to WorkbenchCon. Was that your first one? Yeah, that was my first one. And um, I went in there super nervous. Like I didn't know anybody. I mean, yeah. well, I lied. I knew I knew the people over at, at Moss Epoxies because I've right. been working with their stuff for a while. Um, besides that, I knew no one. And I was super nervous kind of by there by myself. But the maker community is so supportive. I mean, they are. I mean, I talked to so many different people and just everyone is so welcoming and just um, really, really energetic and, and excited and just really fun to be around. So it's, it's quite a, a very cool community that that's around us for sure. I'm sure that, uh, it kind of like had you dive in deeper with all of us too, after being like there and getting to meet all those folks, like we really are. I like how you use energetic. Cause totally. That's how everybody is when they're together. Like, there's just like 
you can't stop. It's like beaming off of you because you know that person you're talking to also enjoys using power tools, you know, and they also don't mind getting dirty making stuff like because it's a certain kind of person who doesn't mind being covered in sawdust, you know, covered in sawdust. Yeah. And it's just cool that these people that you've been watching and seeing them make, you actually get to put a face behind yeah. um, their work. And it's, it's just really cool to actually see them in person and now start seeing the stuff that I do and actually know them. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. Yeah. And that's like, that's exactly what we're trying to do with like this podcast is like, yeah, you see this person carve and or build or make this stuff, but what do you know about them? You know, like, mm-hmm. let's try to, give more highlights to the person, not just what they make. That's yeah. That's really, really cool that they're opening up um, this platform and that you're, you're taking it on and doing a hell of a job at it. Like, oh, let me thanks, say. Man. Thank you. <laughs> I, but uh, how you've surfed your whole life. Like that's just something you've always done. So you've just kind of yeah. always been. Yeah. Just absolutely fell in love with it when I was very young. I think my parents put me and my brother in a little surf camp not a camp but they they gave us a lesson at like seven or eight years old and we've been literally hooked ever since so that's so cool anywhere by the ocean we we always check for waves and and all that so i absolutely love the ocean but no that's that's cool i can see why though you were inspired to make like you said beach themed art like water themed Mm -hmm. art because it's so prevalent there yeah i mean i remember even when i was really really young i mean fifth sixth grade I was always drawing waves <laughs> in class yeah. I was just drawing waves and that's again kind of probably um what started my painting career is I always used to draw too I mean in class I just have so many notebooks of just drawings and mm-hmm. maybe not classwork which should have been in those notebooks but it's all just <laughs> it's okay uh, I can relate waves that's neat so what are you what are you working on now are you prepping for your next one right because you just re- you're releasing a new video soon Yeah. So I finished uh, at this point, I finished um, a bear an epoxy and wood bear sculpture. Um, I'm kind of working on editing and finishing that video, which will be out uh, Sunday. Um, And then I have another wooden epoxy sculpture and then a tire sculpture um, that I'm working on. So I'm kind of at the beginning stages of just setting up and milling up wood for another sculpture for that. So I'm kind of finishing one and starting the next right now. I saw like you have like a, so like a freezer or something that you put your, <laughs> I was watching you do your, it must've been for the bear that you just finished, yep. but just like the amount of work that just to cure that epoxy and get it, get it set to before you even try carving it. There's a lot of prep. Yeah. It's, it's honestly been a huge learning experience for me is trying to do these epoxy pours. Cause anyone that's not familiar with epoxy, you can only pour it two inches thick at a time. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you'll actually see, no matter how you pour it, you will see a layer, a seam line in between your pores. Okay. So my huge, my, my biggest problem was how do I get rid of these layers? And I kind of just went to the drawing board and, and just, uh, brainstorming ideas. And I thought of this refrigerator, um, the temperature actually slows down the curing process. So mm-hmm. it doesn't overheat. The problem is if you don't pour, if you pour over two inches at a time, it'll heat up and you'll get bubbles and fractures and everything will be ruined. 
So it's all about reaction, right? Exothermic reaction. Yep. Nailed it. So it's all about not getting that reaction. So by cooling everything down, it delays the, the cure time and it makes it so that reaction won't happen or won't happen enough to make uh, fractures and bubbles. So it was really just a huge learning experience. and, And that's how I do all my pours now inside this refrigerator. Um, and I could do up to eight, 10 inch pours at a time. And we're talking like oh, okay. from eight to 12 gallons of epoxy at a time, which would normally take me, you know, two or three weeks to do in layers. Now I could do it all in one at one time and it'll cure within a week or, or a week and a half. And when you're carving, do you feel a difference when you hit the wood compared to just the epoxy? Like, I'm kind of curious on that. Uh, big time. And, and that's actually a, a problem as well. And not only the epoxy to the wood, but when I do different wood species next to each other, oh yeah, it gets, it can get really tricky. So if I have a piece of Buckeye burl, which is super soft, um, next to say zebra wood, zebra wood is super dense. Mm-hmm. If I have those woods right next to each other and I take that angle grinder and go right across it, I'm just going to eat away that buckeye burl like completely eat it away and it's it's really hard to kind of feather them at the same time and that's kind of the same with the epoxy the epoxy is going to be a lot harder than most woods and i'd say even zebra wood might be harder than the epoxy but um but yeah it's definitely you'll feel a little bit of that transition and you you just have to be aware of it that hey the softer wood's coming so let me be a little bit delicate here pull up a little Um, bit yeah. Um, and then sanding is at, like epoxy sands actually really, really well. Like oh, you can okay. see, I don't know if it sands really well, or if you could just see the spots you missed really well, because you can easily see spots that aren't uh, sanded as much as others. And it's, it's pretty cool to um, see that transition and epoxy just carves really, really well. It really does. Like, even That's if cool. it was a solid epoxy, sculpture which i hope to do in the future it carves surprisingly really well do you go with more of a fine burr on that or can anything it's good with i'll hit it with anything yeah okay um the only thing i won't hit it with um you don't want to do any fine details or you don't want to get anywhere close to your your template lines with a chainsaw because it can just blow chunks straight off okay yeah Um, that makes sense so that's where those actually like the, the, the angle grinder discs actually work extremely well because they won't chip. They'll just yep. kind of like quickly take away material with zero chips, which is perfect. Yeah. I figured I'd ask you because if people, you know, watch this or, you know, listen to it and they want to go in and try it, I figured might as well get your tips out now, like whatever you can help them avoid. Yeah. I'm- all the burrs, all the burrs, anything that doesn't um have a blade to it works gotcha. really really okay. well with with epoxy so all the burrs work great all the That's awesome. um donuts and discs work fantastic all right good to know because yeah i i can imagine you try going in like with a i always say it wrong like the mon pod like i have like their multi yeah yeah yeah, and yeah i yeah. can imagine that must just because it's yep, just and too hard same with um the arbor tech has the turbo planer Mm-hmm. the turbo plane and that'll just chip it like it'll right just chip it right out so okay. i can't use that either yeah no that makes sense then yeah burrs all the way burrs all the way <laughs> good for us 
No, but it's it's good to know because you do, you get in there and you leave these fine details. So I'm just looking at the Rhino, for example, that you're able to get all of this detail out of that epoxy and it looks awesome. Like, and you have some very fragile spots on there, which very fragile spots <laughs> would scare me. I, I'm looking at like the tail. Like I can just yeah. imagine like the maneuvering of that in your shop. Like don't oh, hit yeah. the tail, don't hit the tail, don't hit I the know. tail. <laughs> One mistake and that sculpture is done for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Well, I, I like seeing where everything's growing on you and your use of anatomy. I, I want to talk about that too. It's incredible. Like I saw, I saw um, just on a few of your videos, you you actually do look up the anatomy for what you're creating, right? So you can kind of put the muscles and stuff where it should be. Yeah, a lot of my tire sculptures, I'll actually try and do um, muscle structure, like um, pretty accurate muscle structure if possible. And that kind of translates well to um, these epoxy and wood carvings. I'll actually hire a 3D artist to do a full, 360 degree Rendy. rendering yeah and i'll try I'll, I'll tell them um her name's laura who i work with and she will kind of get the muscle structure on this rendering pretty good for me how i want it awesome. um and then from there i have this perfect 3d rendering to actually carve off of which really helps and anyone who um is kind of new or scared to carve it's all about getting good reference pictures i mean mm. i'm sure you know that if if you want to carve something three-dimensional, if you have a perfect profile picture and then either a perfect overhead view or front view, you can use those as templates and you can have a rough shape just out of those two Smart. reference pictures. Oh, I appreciate you coming out and um, joining us for the show. And I hope you enjoy diving into those saber-tooth burrs more. Yeah, um, no, thank you for so welcome. much for having me. And um, it's it's an honor to be here and talk to you. And, and I want to thank you and Sabretooth for putting this on and, and sending me some burrs to try. You're I've welcome. absolutely man. loved them up to this point and can't awesome. wait to use them more. For sure. Yeah, I can't wait to try them all. Yeah. I've done this new sculpture coming out. I've used it. It was my first time using them on that sculpture and I've absolutely loved it. Awesome. And I'm excited to try some more on the next one. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing this video. You said it's coming out this Sunday? Yeah, this Sunday. Oh, that's perfect because this episode's coming out on Monday. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about oh, that. Yesterday. Watch it yesterday. Yes, exactly. Go check out that YouTube video. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great day and go enjoy your food. <laughs> All right. You, you as well. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We wanted to highlight a few events that are coming up. There is the SWAT, which is the Southwest Association of Turners. It is their 30th event and it's held in Waco, Texas, August 26th and 28th. So check that out. There's going to be over 63 people demonstrating and about 850 attendees. So it's a pretty big event and it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then there is the Maker Camp in the Catskills of New York, and that's happening in October the 7th through the 9th, and it's going to be a blast. I'm gonna be there with Sadie from the Awesome Orange, and we're gonna be doing live demos, there's gonna be competitions, and we're gonna have some really cool swag. So if you're attending that event, come say hi to us, come carve with us, and uh, get yourself something cool. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for listening and feel free to share this with your friends so that they can check it out as well. We're really trying to spread the word. Have a great day and keep on carving.